Welcome to the Bend ICOC podcast, where we want to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. Don't forget to leave us a review and a rating, and thank you very much for listening. It's great to be here. It is today we're, we're getting into Nehemiah chapter 4, still going through the series. And it's so great because Nehemiah chapter 4 is a point where they're all enthusiastic in Nehemiah chapter 3. They all start building this wall around Jerusalem. And then in Nehemiah 4, there's some opposition that sets in. There's distraction that sets in. There's discouragement. If you're a parent like me, you know that sometimes you can be distracted by my daughter, Sersha. But how do we deal with that distraction when it can set in? How do we, you know, I need to focus on my daughter, but also focus on the Lord. That's what we're talking about today. So it's a pleasure to be before you all. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 4, if you turn over there. And you know, it's great this week. I was reflecting on it last night and this morning. I was baptized on March 23rd, seven years ago, which isn't too many years, but seven years ago, I was baptized into Christ. And for me, that's really a heart I want to share as much as we talk about this ancient wall being built in Jerusalem. We're all building this wall in our life. And so as as I recall, seven years ago when I started to build that wall, I, I reflect on, okay, now I'm at the midway point. How's it going in building that wall for me today? And for all of us, we all had a beginning to God building us and us building something for God. But how are we doing here now today at our mid midpoint to this wall building? And that's where they're at in Nehemiah chapter 4. We'll begin reading there and we're going to talk about what happens in that distraction, confusion, discouragement. So it says, and Nadia has the slide right up here. Now when Sanballat, Heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged. And he jeered at the Jews, and he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burn ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, Yes, what are they building? If a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O God, for we are despised. Now, this is the beginning of Nehemiah's prayer. For we are despised to turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them to be plundered in a land where they are captives. Do not cover their guilt. And let not their sin be blotted out from your sight, for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders." They're building this wall. They want the city protected for God. And here comes two critics with persecutions, insults, opposition. And certainly for us as Christians, we can face insults, frustration, opposition, enraged anger that these people have, accusations. And I think that'll happen for every disciple. When you walk by faith, people who are walking by sight will have criticisms to that. But let's keep going here. In that hostility, what is Nehemiah's response to the sand ballot? To these critics, to people who try to discourage us when we're just trying to build this wall for the Lord. And it says there in verse 4, 
Nehemiah's response, Nehemiah's response was prayer. First action. It may not have been my first response. I might have wanted to go and deal with these critics directly. Say, hey, are you talking to me? <laughs> I might have wanted to form a committee, to go seek advice, do all sorts of things, but prayer has to be the first action because it's getting God involved in this impossible task of wall building. Nehemiah goes to prayer. He sets an example then for all of the people building this wall that they should pray. They should get God involved when this discouragement comes. My, again, in my worldly knowledge, I usually don't go to prayer first, but that's what Nehemiah does. Same thing he's been doing all four of these chapters. He prays to God. This is his grand strategy. Now, their criticisms, I don't think they were totally ignored by Nehemiah, and some of them were you know, sort of half-truths. These walls weren't finished yet, and they weren't going to finish it in a day. But what's key for Nehemiah is while he was aware of these details, he didn't get lost in the details. Didn't get confused or caught up in them or distracted by them. And I can certainly do that. I can get paralyzed with indecision when criticism can come. Nehemiah is aware, but he doesn't get lost in those details. Same thing for us. Just, you know, I, I reflect quickly on 2020. Going through this past year, so many things, you know, trying to build a wall and then feeling like, oh, there's more rubble to go through. There's more distractions. There's more critics. There's more persecution. I, man, it, you know, sometimes it feels like I'm trying to build a plane that I'm currently flying. Maybe it's felt similar for you. To not get caught up in those details. So me and my members say, God gave us a job to do here in building this wall. Let's get back to the important thing. And the people follow his example. Some of them struggle a bit with that, and let's, let's read that. Now in verse 6, here's the people responding to Nehemiah's example. Some respond greatly. It says, so we built the wall. <laughs> and all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. That, that was their resolve to the criticism. The people had a mind to work. Same thing for us. Yes, there's prayer, but in response to the prayer, there is this mind to work. God answers the prayer with themselves, the people who have this mind to work. Same for us in what we're trying to, to build in our spiritual walk, the ways we're trying to serve the Lord, our personal ministries, the ways we're trying to renew it takes prayer, but it also takes this mind to work that the people have. It's because of that that here in Nehemiah chapter 4, that's the exact thing Satan is going after. Hey, maybe if I can distract them from God, maybe if I can confuse them, maybe if I can discourage them from prayer and having a mind to work, then I can win. And in that, so we know that Satan wants to accomplish that through this discouragement. It's great because God, you know, I, I look at this prayer and how God answered it. He didn't just burn away all the enemies. He didn't just get rid of these critics and send them home. He let the people go through this opposition. 
But in that, these people are drawing close to God. They're trusting in God. They're relying on God. They're, they're realizing as they face this criticism, he's right, we can't finish it in a day and we can't do it alone because we need the Lord. Same thing with our prayers. Oftentimes, God is trying to answer our prayers with having a mind to work and having a mind to rely on him. Rather than just taking away our, our conflict or our opposition or the things we're dealing with in life. You think of where they're at with this wall half built. They're demoralized, they're discouraged, they're disgraced, in ruin, afraid, persecuted, now criticized. But God's graceful hand is on them. So I encourage us in our prayers today, and where we're trying to build something for the Lord, are we allowing God to give us that mind, to rely on Him, to have the mind to work? Is God trying to answer our prayer in that way? Let's go into verse 7. Verse 7 says this, But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Amorites and Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. Again, the response, verse 9, And we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. Again, prayer, but also setting a guard of protection. Prayer followed by action. And paying special attention to, hey, where are the weak spots in the wall? Where, where would Satan, where would this enemy want to attack? Let's pay special attention and give action to that. So the enemy is threatening us. The enemy is trying to confuse us. That's, that's really where God's work can be effective, when it's both the prayer and the action. Not just going out and trying to, to work for the Lord, and not praying alone, but both coupled together. Now Satan continues with his tactics here. The criticism, invoking fear on them, confusion on them. But think about this. Nothing's actually happened to them yet, right? The enemy hasn't attacked yet, right? None of them have been harmed. They haven't entered Jerusalem. Nothing's actually happened yet. It's just the fear that something might happen. That's where the discouragement is at for them right now. That's where Satan is working so powerfully right here to distract and confuse. And even in our lives today, Satan can be very effective in distracting and confusing and discouraging without even touching us sometimes. Sometimes Satan doesn't need to get very far because he knows he can discourage and confuse and distract. We'll see that in a few verses. The enemies even threaten. They say, hey, maybe if we, we're going to come and kill them in the night. They get even more serious with the threat, but it doesn't actually happen. A lot of it is imagined still. We get confused when we get distracted by Satan's tactics. 
when we start to look at the danger, when we start to look at the critics, when we start to hear them and get lost in those details. But we have to remember to rely on God. Amen? Same today as we face our conflicts. And here's the great thing. It, it, in them coming to rely on God and more closely trust Him and pray to Him, yes, they're building a wall, but God is building them. He's building their trust. Same thing for us as we go through discouragements, confusions, oppositions. God is building you. He's building you to endure these things. And not only endure them, but progress through them, finish that wall, and have that victory in Christ. God is working here just as much, no, actually more than these people are working on the wall. Now, all of that sounds great, but we're going to hit a quick lull here midway through the chapter, verses 10 and 11, just to be real, right? We're not always super enthusiastic that God is with us and we're going to complete this work, right? Sometimes we feel distant from God. We feel distant from our prayers to him. Sometimes we are afraid of the enemy. Verses 10 and 11 make that very real for us and real for them. Here's where the discouragement begins to set in. Verse 10 says, in Judah, right? So this is in Jerusalem, the Israelites, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There's too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. Right? They, they don't have God in mind there, but by ourselves, this is impossible. They're burdened. They're beginning to fail. And that must have been a, a discouragement for Nehemiah as well. He, he's trying to lead these people. They're saying, hey, we can't do it. It's really, it complements Nehemiah chapter 3, because in that chapter, there were some nobles, some leaders who refused to work on the wall. But now here in Nehemiah chapter 4, it's, it's the normal people of Judah who say, hey, Nehemiah, I don't think we can work on the wall. And the message is still the same, whether it's a, a noble leader or the normal people. When some people are discouraged, we still have to look at the Lord and look at the work that we have to do. It's real. It's a low point. Verse 11. And our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. The threat increases. The people are beginning to lose heart. Again, the, the threat of death. For many of us today, Satan doesn't have to, to kill us to stop us. There's a number of things Satan does to discourage disciples before that even happens. Because if Satan can take you out with discouragements, relationships, money, frustration, trouble in your life, then he doesn't have to increase to that threat. There's a lot of tactics that Satan can take before it gets to that point. And there's a lot of points where we need to strengthen our own wall against Satan's attacks. Now, it's really key here. Before they built the wall, the big discouragement they are facing is, hey, there's too much rubble to clear, and it's really burdening us. I relate to that, because I, I want to be productive, right, and build a wall. 
And I even get excited about defending the wall. Like, yeah, I want to defend against enemies. I'll take a sword and take action. But it's not very encouraging, and it doesn't seem very productive to be clearing rubble away. Huge stones. It, you know, it, a lot of them, they probably couldn't even carry themselves. But it, it is actually productive. In order for them to begin building the wall, they have to clear the rubble. In order to build up, they have to go first go down to this rubble. <laughs> and that, usually it's totally counterintuitive for me. You know, I might be in an emotional circumstance, right? And I just want to say, okay, what do I need to do? How do I get through it? I don't always want to do the emotional processing or the deep work or sit in the muck of going through that circumstance. But that's actually the way forward. Same for us. When, when you say, hey, I have this wall I want to build in my life, this thing I want to do and be productive in, you might have rubble to clear first, some hard issues to take care of first. That can be discouraging. When we want to fight, we want to build, we want to be at that wall, but the way forward is through the rubble. So that's real. That's the low point. They're discouraged. They're, they're beginning to say this is impossible. Here's Nehemiah's response and his wisdom for us today. Verse 12. At that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us ten times, you must return to us. So in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, in open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose, and I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. This is key. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Verse 15. When our enemies heard it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. Nehemiah reminds them, and amen, I need reminding a lot. <laughs> Do not be afraid. The Lord is with you. So fight for your family, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Those are the important things. God is with you. Now fight for your family. This is why we're building this wall to protect family. That's Nehemiah's response to distraction, confusion, discouragement. Remind them of what's important. That's our reminder for today. Really quick, I'll reference just Nehemiah chapter 6, his not getting distracted by these things. He says, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Yes, these things are real, these distractions, these threats are real, but Nehemiah keeps working. And Nadia, we can skip the next slide, but on to Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 16. There's, there's more to Nehemiah's plan. So he reminds them of what's important, that the Lord is with them. Now verse 16. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction, and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah, who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. 
And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread, and we are separated on the wall, far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we labored at the work, and half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. I also said to the people at that time, let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be a guard for us night by night, and may labor by day. So neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. They're sleeping on the job, but not in the way we would think of it today. <laughs> they, are, they are on guard on the job. For some of them, it's, hey, you carry the sword while I carry this big boulder. For some of them, it's, hey, I'll carry this pebble while I carry a sword, and I can do both. <laughs> and Nehemiah's doing both here with preparing for this threat. Let's be armed and guarded, but also let's continue to work on the wall. Let's not neglect this work. It's a both and approach. The midst of the storm, he did what was concrete. What he knew he could do. Hey, we can pray for God to fight for us. And we can also prepare by taking up our swords and continuing to build. Now for us, when we're under spiritual attack today, it's, it's great to just survive it and endure it and get through it. And there's a lot of that that we dealt with in 2020. But, but God wants them to finish the wall. That's the victory. Not to stop and focus on the attack and endure, but to continue to make progress. Continue to build the wall. And I just want to encourage you with that today, that God wants to see you have that victory as well. He doesn't want to see you just wait it out and endure. The load may be very heavy as it was for them where their strength is failing under the burden of it. And if that's the case, maybe you need to just carry the pebble for a while. Maybe it's lightening the load. Maybe it's diversifying to carrying the sword and these rocks and building the wall and putting up your guard in some areas. But God wants us to see this work completed. For myself, I just an example, the other week I was reading this book, a big 400-page sociology book, so I thought it's, you know, this is going to be beneficial, right? It was on intersectionality and a few other things, you know, a good analytical tool. Um, but about 400 pages in, I said, oh, wait, this isn't the gospel, <laughs> and <laughs> this, maybe this is a little distracting from my walk with God, <laughs> Maybe it isn't as beneficial as I think it is. And so I know for me, I just have a weakness of distracting myself with sociology things. Modern day, you know, politics and things like that. Things, yeah, we should have our guard up for and be prepared for, but not stop the work of the Lord for I think about it, you know, would God want me reading that book? Well, yeah, but 
not if it's going to replace my time. And what would Satan want? Well, yeah, Satan would probably love for me to read that book, especially if it's going to replace my time with God. That's the end game. Same thing for us today in our distractions. When you're just trying to read your Bible in the morning, Satan is so happy if he can distract you from that. He's so happy if he can get you to be discouraged from that. So happy if he can confuse you from just reading your Bible or going to the Lord in prayer. And even if you do read your Bible, even if you do pray, Satan is happy as long as you don't act on that prayer. As long as you don't obey what you see in the Word of God. As long as you don't take action, then Satan can still have his victory. When we focus on the Lord in prayer and take action, we don't let Satan get the win here. Amen? He's going to confuse. He's going to distract. He's going to discourage us from taking action, making progress, building our wall, experiencing renewal, the series that we're in. Now, in closing here, I reflect on my baptism once again, seven years ago, you know, starting to build that wall. Hey, I want to become a Christian. I want to follow the Lord. And I knew back then, in in the words of Jesus, I had to count the cost for the tower that I wanted to build. I was re-watching my baptism video the other day, and just, you know, what what were the words that I said at that baptism? Because it was the beginning, right? I was full of enthusiasm, (laughs) But now at a midway point and when we have our walls half built, it can be easy to get discouraged, distracted. So I reflect back to those words and said, you know, I'm a sinner. It was one of the paramount things. I'm a sinner. I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. And I want to make an impact for his kingdom in this generation. And so just re-watching that video yesterday, I said, man, I can be so distracted from that, discouraged from that. For you today, and if you, if you don't have it yet, if you'd like to take communion with us as we transition here, these cups are at the table in the back. For us today, I want to encourage us that as much as we shouldn't get distracted from the work we want to accomplish for his kingdom, God is still working on each and every one of us. <laughs> He's not done with us yet. Now I was just in tears reflecting on that, that baptism video, saying, Lord, thank you for all the grace you've given me in these past seven years as I have a half-built wall in some areas of my life, as I'm still clearing rubble in other areas of my life. God, thank you for strengthening me, for doing the work, for building me up as I try to build up your kingdom. I've got a lot of wall left to build, (laughs) a lot of rubble left to clear. How about you? How is God working with you? (laughs) See, that was my enthusiasm when I first got baptized. (laughs) And I ask you, does God want you to simply endure or to be tossed to and fro by every distraction out there? Does he want you to go on being discouraged or complacent 
or be in this half-built place? Is God trying to give you a mind to work, to make progress, even if it's taking the pebble, even if it's just a brick on the wall, still making progress for him? I meant to bring the shirt that Madison was wearing yesterday. It's an illustration, but it's just a, a Nelson Mandela quote. And it said, it always seems impossible until it's done. Nelson Mandela. That's true about our walk with God. When I got baptized, it seemed pretty impossible. <laughs> and seven years in, there are still some things that seem impossible. We can always be discouraged until the work is done. There will always be points where it seems impossible. Where you're at in your walk, in your renewal with the Lord, in your progress of building up his kingdom in your life, I encourage you that God is still working on it. And there will be times when it seems impossible. The people were right when they said it's impossible. It is impossible without God. As we take communion here, I just want to read Ephesians 4 very quickly on the work that God is doing in our life. Just three verses. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's God working on us. God equipping us to have that mind to work, to build up his kingdom. And no, none of us are Jesus yet, but he's helping us to get there. Let's go to our God in a word of prayer. Father God, Lord, I, I thank you for your grace. Just priority number one, Lord. For when we do get distracted from prayer, for when we don't always have a mind to work, when we're not always fighting for our family, our brothers and sisters, when, Lord, the critics come and we get to a place sometimes, Lord, a, a low just like they were at Nehemiah 4 where it can seem impossible. God, a place where we just want to survive and endure or get lost in the details or the discouragement or the distraction. But God, I thank you that as we do that, your hand is still with us. God, I thank you so much that as much as we're trying to build, <laughs> we're clearing rubble, we're moving pebbles, that God, it's you who's building us to become more like you, to attain to the full measure of your son. God, as we take the bread and the juice, I just thank you for his sacrifice for, all, for this family, for all of the saints that he's placed in our life to help us get there, but most of all for your sacrifice, this bread representing his body, the juice is blood. God, I thank you for the incredible grace of sending your son to us to encourage us. And I pray all these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It would mean so much to us if you were to leave us a review and a rating for our podcast so that this message can reach others. Thank you.